And then they said, move over, Thanos. Dad's here. Oh, daddy's home. Yeah. Uh, uh, no, no, sincerely, I, I hope they get everything they want from this cut of the movie, but it, it's it's rather ignorant to just assume yes. that Darkseid appearing in an extended cut on a streaming-only service will be a more developed character than a film character that they took ten years to build up to. Yes, yes. Uh, 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 oh, did you, did you see, uh, actually, the news that um, HBO Max, by mistake, encoded... The Snyder oh, Cut yes. onto some of their Tom and Jerry the movie streams for yep. two hours. So mm-hmm. when people were trying to stream Tom and Jerry the movie, they instead streamed the first two or or just under two hours of Zack Snyder's Justice League. I'll, yeah. 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 I mean, it feels weirdly fitting that that be the way it actually debuts. Yeah. Um it's also hilarious that there'll be some fans who got to see it because, like, someone would have texted someone, would have texted someone, and in that first half hour, a lot of them would have been like, oh my god, it's on there right now, let's go watch it, let's go watch it, let's go watch it. Um, and then they'll only get to see a bit of it before it obviously would have stopped, and then it and reverts it down. to Tom and Jerry the movie. But then the same fans will be the ones going online saying, it's a, it's a sabotage, someone's trying to sabotage it. This has been done on purpose so that everyone doesn't tune in on the, on the first night because we need the numbers on the first night. We need to show it, and it's like, I guarantee 90% of the people touting that it was a conspiracy were the ones who were rushing around in their WhatsApp groups to watch it while it was on that night anyway. Listen, the only people trying to sabotage Zack Snyder's Justice League are Warner Brothers. Yeah. And Zack Snyder. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. It's true. Um... You two just hate DC. We don't. We we love no. we love both comic book companies, and we always have. We wish we liked these films, but so far we haven't. And uh, power to you if you like them. I don't know. Do you know what else? We like some of them. What? Uh, do you know what else, Matt? What? It's a fucking podcast. Hi everyone. It's a Welcome podcast. To big damn cast, nerdy news, geeky gossip, stuff that's fit to fill the time during your week while we all stare at arbitrary dates that will definitely get set back. Uh, my name is Chris. Dude, touch me, Johnson. And my name is Lost to the Mist of Time. There are some who call you Karuth Mana. <laughs> some call you Koruk. The beekeeper. Belial and Behemoth and Beelzebub. There are those that call you Pegwitage. <laughs> some call him Some call him the mighty pit of Sarlacc. Ah uh, yes, and I digest things slowly over a thousand years. Sometimes he has a beak, sometimes <laughs> he doth not. <laughs> oh sometimes. well, you know. Sometimes you just lie there with your gaping maw open to the sky, waiting for things to fall in. You've just got to switch it up now and again. Yeah, really. you, you, you play around. Do you think the Sarlacc pit? It's not a beak in the special editions. It just it had it had some uh, it had some uh, lip injections for for oh we're re-releasing them. I've always uh, wanted to get my li- I've always wanted to get my lips done, and that's what it was. The lips were always there. Know. They just didn't have the yeah the the collagen in them. The so. old trout pout. Yeah, yeah the. <laughs> <laughs> the Sarlacc Sucker. <laughs> um, we have, like, no news to talk about. I mean, some news has happened this past week. Uh, some award ceremonies have gone ahead. Some release dates for things have been there and the other. But 
we're mostly going to talk about the thing that's in the thumbnail. Because um, it'd be nice to look back at the whole series. However, just before we started Bastard Recording, you hinted that you have another topic you want to bring up. Oh, that well, may or may not be relevant to the interest of the people who tuned oh, in last week. Well... In, and and I, I, I've got to, I've got to mention this. Our, our streaming numbers last week did not dither, despite the fact that our thumbnail topic and title were all attached to a near thirty-year-old horror movie franchise <laughs> that Nayfucker's talking about. So enough people tune in to go. I want to know what he has to say about the Leprechaun series. Leprechaun, so, corn, like corn on the cob. Stop saying leprechaun. It's not a fucking. It's not a fucking gathering of Irish people. No, but it is a racket, and they suckered you in, boy. It is a racket. So they, they've taken. I, they've taken a pot of gold from you. I, I need to. I need to prepare for that. I want. I want to hear all about this, but I, I need to be ready mentally. So this week's episode is not sponsored by Fanta. What the Fanta? Oh, uh, it's a blue Fanta. Fanta that my wife wanted to buy because she was like, "What the hell does blue taste of?" The description for it is simply low calorie fruit drink. Uh, okay. And as we go through the episode, there it is. Oh god, hey. I, got some, I got some spittle on my pop shield. As oh, we go no. through the episode, I'm going to sup this radioactive blue liquid. Um, you do that. And and hope that it improves things as we go on. It won't. Things will only get worse. Just to just to just to reiterate, um, sorry, not sponsored by Fanta. What not Fanta. sponsored by Fanta. Not what sponsored. Fanta. Um. So I was dicking around on the old as hmm, one does on their day off. What, what am I gonna? What am I gonna? What am I gonna watch this weekend? Um. And we noticed that there's a new there's a new streaming app on the old PS4 oh, yeah. called called Pluto TV. Really? And it's I didn't even it's spot that. Free ad supported streaming of movies and TV. Really? Yeah. And it's there's like nothing great on there. It's all like you wanna watch this reality show on constant loop and such. Um You want more of this stuff that you don't really care about? But there's yeah. more of it. But with ads. And they had some movies and I went into the movie section and I was flicking through and I was like, oh, Leprechaun's on here. And, and Leprechaun 2. And Leprechaun 3. And Leprechaun 4. And Leprechaun 5! And I got very excited. Because, so on, again, for those who missed it a couple of weeks back, you randomly watched Leprechaun. And, uh, and then the next two. Then Leprechaun 2 and then Leprechaun 3. The first three were on Amazon Prime and leaving it soon. They've now left it, presumably to go onto Pluto TV, which has added Leprechaun 4 in space and <laughs> Leprechaun in the hood. Oh, Jesus. Did you do what I think you did? I watched I watched Leprechaun 4. Well, technically, we watched Leprechaun 4. Um, oh, Keeks, oh, no. On, on oh, Saturday Keeks, no. Um, no. And then on Monday afternoon, I watched Leprechaun in the hood. Oh good lord! Why? Why? Um, morbid why? curiosity. And let me tell you, if you get a chance, Leprechaun Four is a bonkers treat. Like it is almost completely bloodless, 
What? But it's so silly. But it's a, it's a it's a <clears throat> it's a mascot led slasher franchise. How how is there no gore? Let me tell you about Leprechaun Four in Space, in which the Leprechaun is in space <laughs> for no <Four. laughs> like with no prior explanation. He's trying right. to what? He's trying to woo an alien princess. And then they are happened upon by a team of space marines and he gets blown up. But then <laughs> But then one of the marines pisses on his remains and oh, gets a zap of magic. So at a later point in the film the leprechaun can be reborn from his raging boner. Okay, just to reiterate, <laughs> I I have seen some of uh, Inderhood. Yeah, I've I have seen the first one. Yeah. So this is this is the basic story is different people slash a film style. Yeah, have run ins, encounters, and near death experiences, and some dead, um, fighting against a leprechaun. Which is the figure from mythology, albeit a lot more of a sort of violent and scary, and that's the premise. It's things around pots of gold and uh, werewolf-like leprechaun bite turning someone into a leprechaun, and like just, you know, grounded earthly settings featuring a mythical creature who can bend reality a little bit to pogo around and cast spells and dash around in his classically depicted attire. Yeah. In yeah. the fourth movie, yeah. it opens with him trying to woo an alien princess, getting killed by space marines, one of whom pisses on his body, and then the leprechaun bursts out of the guy's penis. Yeah, later on while he's getting hot and heavy with one of the other marines. As some weird kind of alien reference, I'm assuming. I guess. Why? And I shit you not, I shit you not, Leprechaun bursts out of the front of his pants and utters the immortal line. I'm not going to do the voice. You can just imagine the voice. Let that be a lesson to you, laddie. Always wear a prophylactic. That's the kind of movie we're doing. That's the kind of movie that they're in. He's not. It's not like he's good at that. He can't really do it. I mean, it, his dick has been torn apart. Yeah. Um, he's killed by the dick explosion. Oh. <laughs> so. Now, I'm going to point this out. All the power in the world to Warwick Davis. All the power in the world to him. Dude clearly had enough of a blast and earned enough money on these films to be like, yeah, I'll do another one. Fuck oh. it. Why not? But. I will I'm kind of you... glad these aren't seen as sort of like must watches. Oh no! I mean, <laughs> the dude has done some incredible work. This is. It'd be weird if these were the things that people went. Oh, Warwick Davis, yeah, from Leprechaun. Leprechaun Four is a a the room style get pissed and watch it for fun. Like okay, bad film. It is okay. Off. It looks cheap. Like the sergeant of the space marines has like a, a half. Of his head replaced with metal, but it looks like they've just stuck tinfoil on his head. <clears throat> oh, God. Um, guy, <laughs> oh, Christ. Guy Siner is in it, having a wonderful time as Dr. Mittenheim, 
who is a German-accented, crazy mad scientist who uh, turns out to basically just be a <laughs> shoulders and one arm on top of a giant <laughs> electric wheelchair. <laughs> because that happens. For those who are listening to the podcast, which of course that's how you consume it, my face is a picture right now. Um, at one point, the leprechaun is turned giant by a shrink ray that's established earlier on in the film, and is stomping around one of the cargo bays chasing our hero marine. Um, sorry, he's turned giant. By a shrink ray. So earlier on in the film, there's a moment where they establish that they shrink things down to put them in cargo with this special ray. <clears throat> okay. So he ends up getting caught in the reverse of that and turning giant because they turned his gold small. He wants to get his gold back because they of kill him and does. they take his gold. And because this alien, rules and consistency. This alien princess has also agreed to marry him and overthrow her, overthrow her father for his gold, but is also secretly plotting to take his gold. So... Leprechaun be space creature now? Well, I'll tell you this. At the end of the film, he is sucked out of an airlock and explosively decompresses. But, explosively decompresses by them warping the overlaid video of him on the space background in what looks like Paintbox Pro. Oh... Also, this film came out in 1995, and the set looks like the beginning of Earthshock. Like the alien oh. cave set that, they, uh, that they're in at the beginning looks yeah. like the, the beginning of Earthshock. Oh, God. Um, it's, it's awful. It's awful, but and I... And you say that... Oh, here we go. Go on, but... but I giggled a lot. I was going to say, because you, you've, you've mostly come out of the first three going, yeah, I had fun. Yeah, I know. No, I had I fun. I was slightly with four, worried that it is awful, but I had fun <laughs> with. I, I had fun with all of the first four, and they're all awful. Like I cannot recommend them in, in any, like amount of good faith, unless you're gonna be drunk with a bunch of mates, watching shit films because they are what? shit. Considering it's bloodless, what's the most interesting kill in Leprechaun Four um, in space? It's. Uh, <laughs> this one has to be seen to be believed but at one point the leprechaun magics a tray and just a metal, normal like metal round tray and crushes a guy's head flat with it what like so wrestler, we, with a, wrestler with a chair style or like you see the spinning tray and then you get a POV shot of the tray hitting the dude and then it go like a bonk sound effect, and then <laughs> cut to this wonderful makeup of this actor's face, but like comically, like it looks like something from a cartoon, like squashed out into the shape of the tray. <laughs> so, so they're going that route now. They're going the route. It of, is, oh, it's cartoon logic. Cartoon oh yeah, logic it's cartoon time. slapstick. It's it's just I'll see if I can find a picture of it to show you because it's cartoon slapstick in the same series where someone is pogo sticked in the chest to death yeah <laughs> which yeah, is that's... still cartoon slapstick of a sort but based on the idea of oh god that's horrific whereas this is nope this is Spy Kids 1 like we're in Spy Kids 1 territory 
There are dudes with hands coming out the side of their heads. There are thumbs in onesies. Yeah. <laughs> Here's where we are now, kids. I, ca- I can't find a picture of the squashed face, man. But there's a picture of the sergeant with the tinfoil head. Oh, Christ alive. Yeah. That's not good. It's not. It's really not. It's, <laughs> but it, I had a lot of fun. Um, Leprechaun in the Hood, on the other hand. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. He's just kind of boring. <laughs> Like, yeah. it's just, like... The clips I saw of it made me go, this is horrendous, but not horrendous enough to make me want to watch it out of curiosity. The, the clip I saw was a bit where he's, like, he's rapping. That's the end. That's the, the end credits. Like, I just... Like, why is that... A, oh. Warwick Davis is an incredibly talented performer, but don't let him rap ever again. No. <laughs> or at least don't ever let him rap with these guys as the writers. <laughs> like... It's, it's basically the, the premise of Leprechaun in the Hood is that a bunch is a it's a trio of like wannabe rappers who want to make it big, and Ice T is in it as Mac Daddy, who's oh. oh. like a big rap producer, and he's like, no, you you guys are shit. So they decide to steal from him, and it turns out that he's got the Leprechaun with the necklace round it from Leprechaun Three. Um, what? Because also there's a flashback prologue to the seventies where he's got where where. Ice T's got a big afro, black exploitation style, um, where he encounters the leprechaun in the seventies as the statue, and defeats it by accident. So he's been keeping it, and has been, and we later found out as you has been using the leprechaun's magic golden flute to become a big rap producer. So these three guys try and steal from him, end up unleashing the leprechaun, but stealing the magic flute, and so they've got. Ice T and the Leprechaun both after them, both after the magic flute, and there's a bunch of ga- uh, and there's a bunch of really lame stereotypes and some real transphobic shit in there, and it's not particular. It's, it's gorier, but it's not particularly interesting. Like the kills what, what, and what year is this? Two thousand. So, Res Angles, the events of Leprechaun Three have happened. Well, no, because they it- can't have done. Right, so this is a retcon. This is a series retcon where Ice T also somehow is alive for over thirty years, uh, and doesn't look that much different aside from an afro. There's no continuity between any of these films, except they use the same statue thing from three. So they're relying on you going. Oh, it might be a different prop, but the premise is the same, and that he's got a necklace around him, and when you take it off, he stops being a statue. And four is. Four is set in the future, I assume. Four is set in the future in space somewhere. My brain hurts, but I think that might be because I've been drinking Fanta. What the Fanta? Not sponsored. Thank fuck. Ooh. Well, yeah, if you want to give yourself a good headache and have a couple of giggles, go on Pluto.tv and watch the first four Leprechaun movies. If you can, you can watch In the Hood. It's not very good. It, it's, it's not. It's not silly enough to be like fun and bad in the way that the first four are. Is it that weird late nineties trend of like, oh, we want to reboot it, but make it kind of make it gr- more gruesome, like the Halloween, uh, you know, the, the ones around the end of the nineties and, and everything, where the trend was bring it back, but make it scarier and grittier. Uh, and, kind but, of, but, but it's but not they, grittier they forget- or scarier. It's just yeah, bad. They- they're forgetting that Leprechaun is inherently a goofy-ass series so far. 
this they've gone make it gory but also i guess make it a leprechaun film kind of like it's gorier than four it's not like i wouldn't say it was like gory tony, gory tony the tiger's preferred method of violence like it, it, it is cartoony gory as well like dude gets a hole blown through him and you get the shot of like ice tea looking through the hole from behind in astonishment at the fact that his mate just suddenly had a hole blown through him you know it's that kind of thing okay um he's still alive there's yeah. one more in in this it well there's there's two more now in this con well no there's one more in this continuity yeah the last Warwick um, Davis one is back to the hood back with a two for back two back to the hood yeah which I didn't see on Pluto TV and then there's <laughs> there's a reboot which is actually not um related yeah, Lepre- and then there's Leprechaun a sequel to the original and then there's Leprechaun, Leprechaun Returns, Returns which yeah. is a sequel to the original yeah uh, uh, neither of which yeah. I have been able to. <laughs> See for free on streaming because there's no way I'm paying for any of these movies because they're fucking garbage. But it's Halloween. Like Leprechaun if, takes the same trajectory as Halloween. Like if you like the crappy exact horror same movies, trajectory. then you you can do a lot worse than the first four Leprechaun films. Oh my god, it does though. Yeah, it think does. about it. It delves into more outlandish premises and then it does a mini reboot where it's it's like ignoring the continuity of the previous ones, but you know the basic concept. Yeah. And then there's a remake in an attempt to create a whole new franchise. And then they do a sequel to the first one, ignoring the rest of them years later. Yep. It's the exact same lifespan. Well, wow, apart that's from Halloween, weird. didn't go to space. Not yet. Come on. There's still time. Friday the 13th did, though. It did. Into the goddamn future. In space. And the director of the original would later go on to make Stiltskin. Which is basically the same film. <laughs> you are fucking kidding me. No! Mark Jones, who wrote and directed the first Leprechaun, also wrote and directed Rumpelstiltskin. <laughs> Which I have not seen, but if it pops up on streaming, I'm going to watch a shit out of that. Maybe it'll pop up on Pluto TV. <laughs> oh, Pluto TV! So how does that work then? Do ad breaks just pop up throughout it? Yep. Oh. So I like, it's like, weird, it but on... like one of them in, in Leprechaun 4 just popped up mid-sentence. That's annoying, but <laughs> I guess it's, I guess it's films that aren't like on high demand for streaming services. They've just gone, hey, here's our film. Put ad breaks in it. We'll get we'll get revenue from that. You get cut from it, and boom, there we go. Let me see if I can pull it up on my phone and see what's on there quickly. Um, it's like how some companies it's... some companies put their TV shows on YouTube, like full episodes. Yeah, because they get ad revenue. And there's no demand for that show to necessarily be on a stream. Is it like one of my favorite sketch shows in the last 20 years, the Peter Serafinowicz show, is on DVD, but there's no like demand for it because it's one series and a Christmas special. The BBC never repeats it. Um, so uh, his company, which owns the show, have just put it on YouTube and you can watch it from the YouTube channel in its entirety. And it's like, well, there you go. Boom. They get the ad revenue. You watch a sketch show. It makes more profit this way than it probably would do trying mm. to shop it around to a streaming service. It's like smart call. It's also got some of the best sketches like I've ever seen in it, so people should definitely bleed and watch it. But yeah, you go to... There's some, dec- there's some decent stuff on it. So it, it pulls... It drops you into live channels so you can go to like a bunch of movies channels and then... So like currently showing, you've got... Halloween showing on one of them, and the Ninth Gate is on one of them, and like 
so there's decent stuff on like on like the live TV, but then you go if you go onto on demand, yeah, and then you go onto oh on demand action movies. Ready for <clears> these? <throat> Hit me. In the name of the king, a dungeon siege tale. What the Uwe Boll Jason Statham fantasy movie? Mm-hmm. It's terrible. I just I I my, my exclamation was more that of what? Uh, last <laughs> night. That's nights with a K. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a pattern already forming here. John Cusack and Thomas Jane in Drive Hard. I sure. Yeah. Uh, sci-fi movies. Jurassic Expedition. Oh fuck! They've got the asylum stuff in there. Adventurer. <gasps> The Curse of the Midas Box. Some come with a top hat on the front of it. Capricorn One's on there. That's okay. Jack Hunter. Lost Treasure. Da, 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 da. It's, it's literally a... Um, a who's who. A, a Indiana Jones rip-off down to the logo. Oh, God, it straight up is as well. Um, oh, that's embarrassing. It's a who's who of stuff that probably originally premiered on Amazon Prime. Yeah, it's a lot of like the shitty stuff you would get on Amazon Prime, or um, in gas stations in the states on the yeah. bucket near the counter. But then you got the odd like cult classic dropped in, so you've got like, um, voice. No, not not that. Uh, the, <laughs> um, Return of Return of Swamp Thing. Sure. The 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 weird seventies uh, sequel. Um. Pandorum, Darkstar, Hell Comes to Frogtown, um, the original <laughs> 50s Invaders from Mars. Good. Okay, sure. Good. Yeah. Uh, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Yay, good. Genuinely good. Really funny. Uh, you Fucking know, weird. Great. Kind of weird that stuff like one. that. That's it. Yeah. Oh, no. There is an Asylum channel on live, Fuck. so you can just go to... Live movies. Oh god! I want to watch live movies, and it's Asylum. And I want to watch live back-to-back streaming Asylum movies. Let's have a look at the thriller and horror. See what else is on there before we move on. Um, uh, Ninth Gate. Bless the child with Kim Kim Basinger. Ah, Basinger. Um, Basinger. Uh, <laughs> a version of the haunting, but not one that I recognise. Uh. It's not the nineties one, is it? No, it's not that one. An American werewolf in Paris. Uh, oh no! Demon no. Seed, the original Halloween, the Vincent okay. Price House on Haunted Hill. Sure, yeah. You know, good stuff. It let me in the American remake of. Uh, uh, let the right one in. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty good. It's pretty Vin- good. The Vincent Price, the Last Man on Earth, but okay. colorized. Oh. Um, oh, you lost me. Cube. You had me. You lost me. Cube two, hypercube. First cube's great. Uh, the Leprechaun films aren't on here now, so it looks like they might have taken those off. So it might be like a rotating. Uh, a rotating selection, like on a daily, on a daily basis. Our oh, tower blocks to... on there. The one with Sheridan Smith. Oh. Um, you know, so you know, it's like. It's okay, I guess. It's 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 an option if you're stuck. If you're stuck for something to watch and yeah. you fancy taking rolling the dice on a streaming service that will literally provide you with the most random fucking options, mm. dive on in 
to Pluto TV. Black Dynamite's on there, so, you know. Oh. Okay. I'll be eye-opening for some people who have no idea about that one, but okay. Okay. Alright. So, yeah. Um, yeah. It's, in, it's, it, it's the second best streaming service that I watched this week. <laughs> because of course we watched segways coming, segways coming, segways coming, segways coming. The finale of WandaVision on Disney Plus. Segways here. Disney Plus. Disney Plus um, sponsored by. Wait, no, sorry, not sponsored. Sorry, by Fanta. What the Fanta? Zero sugar, zero clue. What's in it? So before mm. we go on to onto big spoilers, um, what did you think of the finale? How do you feel about the series as a whole? Did you like it? Did you not like it? Was it? I don't know how long. Um... <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously, folks, spoiler yeah. alert for the series as a whole and, of course, the ninth episode. Jog on if you don't want none. But yeah, Son. how did you feel about it? Now that we're at the end of it, how are you, how, how are you feeling about the whole thing? The first the thi- MCU TV series. I Proper MCU TV series, anyway. I On reflection... As a whole, I loved it because it did what I kind of hoped it would do. It wasn't just an a vehicle for a bunch of continuity and franchise building and world building. Which it seems that some was, people are disappointed was, that it wasn't yeah. that. And I think that's kind of on them. <laughs> oh yeah, there's a lot, but there's been a lot of projection in terms of the fan response to the finale. Yeah. Um, now, of course, there there is. There, there is additions to stuff. We get to find out where some characters have been, uh, like Darcy and and um, and Jimmy Woo. Uh, we get to see some characters come into their own in a big bad way, like we, Agatha Harkness, who's clearly left for potential future use, um, and Monica Rambeau most significantly. Um, and we get some development of characters who we all we were all rooting for, but. We didn't really spend that much time with yeah. over the course of the films they were in. Like you could add up every every Wonder Vision and Wonder and Vision scene, and the compilation would probably be about 40, 45 minutes at most. It'd be shorter than the credits on an episode of Wonder Vision. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so what I wanted from this was a, was what all the Marvel films do well, which is a self-contained story that, like a good comic book issue, could always be someone's first. You benefit from knowing... You you benefit from knowing what came before, but the series gives you enough to work with. I guess. And 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 it tells a story in itself that is closed within itself. I don't know there's... There's I don't an know opening. It's necessarily as close the loop as as you say, but I get what you I get what you mean. Well, the the core story, I'd argue, the core story definitely is a a, su- yeah, a super pa- a, a superhero dealing with grief, uh, creates a fantasy world to live in and and cope with it, but the repercussions come back to bite her, and we learn that there are other people involved in taking advantage of the situation. By the end of it, she realizes what she did was wrong. She has to find a new way to move on or let go, and uh, and off she fucks, avoid avoiding consequence to hopefully make herself better. Off and then she fucks. and then a little teaser at the end to reveal that nah, she about to make things worse. Um, but what? No, like that that if you were to if you I I 
again, obviously, I can't say it from a point of view of it being this way because, you know, I watched all this shit and I've watched several of these things again and again. But, like, I think you could come to one division with just the general knowledge of, oh, these two are in the Avengers films. Mm. And get to the end of the series and go, okay, no, I got that. I understood it. Um, and even if not, you're on Disney+. Plus. One option along is Marvel, uh, Marvel Legends... You click on it and you spend 10 minutes watching a little thing that catches you up to speed on who these two are, and then you move on. Marvel Legends. Mm. Like, the, like the the fact that the previously on WandaVision also included footage from the films. Yes, helps, very think. helpful. Because, um, like, you get the gist of, oh, she had a brother. Oh, is that not her brother? And then the previously on WandaVision start of the next one shows Aaron Taylor-Johnson in the previously. So you're like, oh... Right. Do you know what I mean? There's there's enough there. The, the the story that this series was about was about Wanda's grief. Yeah. That was what it was about. And they they told that story. And they did it really well. I will say that I was slightly disappointed that the finale kind of generated into what it always generates into, which is two people throwing CGI light at each other. True, but it also gave us the but, complete opposite of that in the same episode no i get that i get that so it, <laughs> i know it, yeah i know what you mean you, you, is, would, you would rather have been surprised overall yeah. with oh oh shoot yeah no i get you uh well it, I, it gets caught up in the same stuff but i think that's kind of symptomatic of the the genre we're dealing with the um the style of these things but it didn't i don't know i i'm interested to watch it again now it's all out to see if it feels like a six-hour-long MCU movie, or it kind of feels more like its own thing. I think yes, yeah, yeah, I feel that. I feel that. that. I'm, I'll be interested to see because I'm not quite sure where it where it sits, and I'm not quite sure which of them, which one of those would be better. Um, maybe neither. I mean, this is this looks like it's the outlier uh, of the of all the planned shows. In that, this is the only one that they've sort of yeah. said is yeah. This this will now lead into the phase of the films. Whereas Falcon and the Winter Soldier, they've not said anything of the sort. And it looks like it's a self-contained six-episode action sh- yeah. action series. That that um, one probably will feel like a six-hour MCU yeah. movie. And and same um, with Loki. Loki feels like that's their attempt at a you know a, a genre-hopping sci-fi show mm. um, that again isn't attached to the films in any way. Like it's hey, what happened to that alternate universe Loki you escaped? Well, we're gonna find out. But it's not gonna it's not gonna double back into the films or matter in any way. It's it's here's a story with this guy and we can play with the world. Although it gives um, them an opportunity to do that if they so wish. I kinda hope they don't yeah. though. Just no, no, I don't think they will. It's the same reason um, why I never want Coulson to show back up in the films. Certain things are better if the main characters don't know about them. The main characters in the film franchises don't know. Yeah. Um I mean, hey, Lady Sif like says about Coulson, doesn't doesn't she in series one of Agents of Shield? She's like I'm sure I, I'm sure Thor told me you were dead, and he's like, and I'm I'm afraid I'm gonna have to ask you to keep it that way. And it's like, okay, so it's like, oh, maybe he'll find it, and he doesn't, and I'm glad he doesn't, because it means Coulson's death in the films means something to people who just watch the films. Yeah. Same with Loki. If he just randomly shows back up, it's like, oh for fuck's sake! Like the death on screen in in Infinity War means fuck all. It wouldn't if surprise me if Loki then shows back up and is like, I'm alive, brother. Later it, on, it wouldn't surprise me if he has some sort of flashback or cameo in Love and Thunder, though. Oh yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put um, yeah a sense of closure. Yeah, within the within the film series, then it's a sense of closure. Yeah. Um. 
And Ms. Marvel looks like it's going to be, you know, this is their first stab at, here's us doing a Balanti show, essentially. Here's us doing a, you're going to see a superhero origin story play out as a TV series yeah. on, on our service. And yeah. I assume the same same will be said for Moon Knight and She-Hulk. But um, as, as, as a launcher, I think this is great, mostly because look at the results. Yeah. Beyond us two chatting away about it here. Everyone's been talking about it. Which I think has kind of worked against it in some ways. Like, people have gotten themselves so worked well, up into yeah. a frenzy about what is who's gonna who's gonna turn up in this bit? Who's gonna turn up here? Oh, is this this? And, and then because these things haven't paid off, it's the, it's the, it's the problem like, that I have with fan theories in general. Yeah, people I'm, get themselves so frothed up at the prospect of something that they've built up in their head that when it doesn't fun. happen, it, they sour on it. It's fun to speculate and theorise. I mean, we've done it on air. We've like gone, oh, imagine if that, oh, imagine that. And it's like, my I mean, to be honest, mostly me. And you going, all right, calm down. All right, um, calm but, yourself. Calm but, like, that's just, that's, that's just fun speculation and postulating and hypothesising. Yeah. But as you said, there's been a huge swath of the internet who've made it very clear since this finale went out last week that they had written the finale in their head. And the fact that they didn't get what they had in their head... Made them very angry. Yeah, which you know, it's, it's like that's, that's on them. That's on them. Yeah, it's it's completely on them. It's not it's not the fault of the program makers. And then the argument has been, well, if they'd released it all in one go, then that wouldn't have happened because people would have took it as it was. To which I say, hi everyone. Uh, I'm I'm an <laughs> old I'm an old man in his thirties, and <laughs> I remember when. That was how television worked. Yeah, it's wh- shit came out once a week, and we all at work or at school or whatever went. Oh, did you see it? Oh yeah, it's amazing. I wonder if that's that. I wonder if that's that. Oh, it'd be cool to find out. And that was it. That's the extent. When you watched it, you came back the d- after that and went, "Oh, it turned out to be that. Oh, that was interesting. Oh, I didn't see that coming." Like it, it you didn't come in going, "Oh, it wasn't that." And now I hate it. It's weird that like the <laughs> la- over the last decade we've gone from having episodic television week to week to having full seasons drop in one day and people binge them to going back to having things drop week to week again and people treat it like it's a completely new thing that they've never experienced before. I guess because some people have kind of grown up with binging. Like young teen like young teenagers particularly have just grown up with being able to binge an entire season of something as soon as it comes out. I mean, think about um, what TV still, what what fiction TV still does do it. I, soap operas seem to be the only thing that, can, that comes straight to mind here in the UK in terms of it's appointment TV. It comes out a couple times a week, and it's on these days. Yeah, and no one's ever annoyed about that. They get it. It's it's a weekly thing. Because um, even comedies, I was going to say, like the last comedies I watched, they just put the whole thing on iPlayer in one go. Hmm. And uh, like, like Ghosts, for example. Ghosts, the whole season went up on iPlay. It still went out once a week on BBC One, but it was all on iPlayer from day one. Same with Staged. All of Staged was on iPlayer, and they'd TX two episodes a week for a few weeks. And it's like, oh yeah. So the option's always been there, but you think everyone would be sort of a little more chilled with this return, you know, back to formula. <laughs> um it, because of ouch, uh, am I? <laughs> week by week, am we, I? We, we revisited that the other night. It's so good when we were in a rather relaxed way, and it was just the most brilliant use of an evening it's ever. Wonderful. It was so much fun. Um, it it's was wonderful. so much fun. Just sit back and be like, oh, 
just wash over me, Sam Raimi Spider Man. Just do it. Just um, wash over me, Sam Raimi. <laughs> do it, Sam. You know, I'm something of a wash over me, please, Sam Raimi myself. Um, and yeah, I checked that little factoid we learned the other week. Yeah, when he's Norman Osborn, he's wearing veneers on his top teeth. And when yes. he's the goblin, he's not. And you can see his canines more pronounced. Oh, it's brilliant. Anyway, uh, it's so... It's very neat. Um, you think after the Mandalorian, people would be kind of used to it again. Because I never saw that complaint with Mando, ever. And I never saw the amount of speculation mm. or theorizing or projection onto Mandalorian uh, I as think... we have with this. There was a bit of it, but it was never like, oh, I'm really upset that it was Ahsoka and not you know, Ezra, oh, I'm really annoyed that it was Luke Skywalker at the end and, and not the, the Ahsoka coming back and I think blah, part blah, blah. of it is that I think there is a lot of crossover between Star Wars and Marvel fans, but I think there is, with Marvel, there's an expectation that things are going to go a certain way because that's what the comics are. So anytime you hint towards something that might possibly tangentially be related to something from the comics or a character from the comics that there's suddenly the expectation that that person or that scenario will appear which is weird because um, because these people have seen iron man 3 and civil war <laughs> and age of ultron and stuff right like these films don't stick to the book no ever. they no. take inspiration iron man 3 is extremis partially it's extremist in extremis. Yeah, um, Age of Ultron shares fuck all with the Age of Ultron series, the title, aside from the name. And that's Civil it. War takes the basic premise and does something a lot more nuanced that actually makes you want everyone to get along and stop fighting, unlike the comic series where you're like, no, Tony's a dick. Um, you know, <laughs> it's, it's... <laughs> the comic Civil War was basically, let's make Tony Stark a villain. Let's make Tony Stark the, decade. the worst person in comics for a decade. Yeah. Uh, oh, wait, no, we have to derail that slightly. Why? Because that film came out and the version in the film is really charismatic and everyone likes him. Oh, shit, I guess shit. we have to make Tony likable now. God damn it. Let's get um, Matt Fraction <laughs> to literally erase his brain and restore it from a backup. Yeah. And then we'll do that a couple more times over the next few years. <laughs> yeah, they literally did Civil War 2 and they did the same thing. Yeah. Ah! Oh, Matt, Matt, Superior Iron Man. Oh, God, yeah. Well, yeah. to be fair, after Superior Iron Man, everything got wiped and start from scratch, so... Yeah, because it was Superior Iron Man was the result of Axis, wasn't it? Yeah, which it was, and it uh... led into Secret Wars. I only recently found out that there is a Superior Spider-Man comic book right now. And it's... It's because the Octavius from Worldwide, like sort of the end of the Dan Slot run, the yeah. Hydra stuff at the end of Worldwide with Hydra and and the Zodiac, um, he's gone on to another city to assume a life of his own in his new clone body and has become the superior Spider-Man again. And I'm like, you do realise that makes the original less interesting in retrospect if you just keep fucking doing it. Hey, listen, you show Marvel <sighs> a dead horse and they'll beat the fuck they'll out of it. The fuck out of it. But that's 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 the other thing. I think with Marvel, the Marvel cinematic universe fandom, I think we're in a we're in a post endgame world now where the the vast, vast majority online are assuming that everything has got to have crossovers and yeah. cameos and surprise reveals. Endgame's a finale. End Endgame is a special event. The reason it's special is that it's the one that goes, 
here's a self-contained story that, you know, is part two of two, mm. but here's a story, and because it's the last in this narrative we've been doing for the last 11 years, we're going to go, fuck it, let's have a massive celebration and pull out everyone to take part in, in you know, to, all the all the figures are coming out of the box <laughs> to play with in this one. And then Far From Home is an epilogue and a reset to show you that, but we're going to go back to individual stories now. Yes, they're set in this wider world, but yeah. it's individual stories. Like, has everyone forgotten that pre-Endgame, things started and ended and weren't all franchise building fodder or... I mean, Ant-Man doesn't build anything. Guardians of no. the Galaxy doesn't build anything. It hints that that big purple guy is out there, the one from that post credit scene. But <laughs> other than that, it it's its own thing, you know? Thor Ragnarok is the third Thor film in a series, and yet it's its own thing. It's a standalone story. That, but what about the mid credits with the the ship? That's mid credits. That shit, as we know, is where they can go. Eh? Yeah, which they did this time as well. Um, but I just I don't know. For what it was, I really enjoyed One Division. And yeah. um, let's 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 dive into the last episode and. Nibble at its bitch, shall we? Um, things Let's. we dug. Things we dug. Things the u- I dug. The that, use of Billy and Tommy. Yeah, the use of Billy and Tommy is good. Those not are, just that, not those just little fla- to be good characters. Not just the flash of powers and the kids' performances, but that fucking wonderfully sad like goodbye, yeah, essentially, where they don't know it, but we know it, and Wonder and Vision know it. That before day before the the day's over, they're going to be erased from existence, and they mm-hmm. won't exist anymore. And they never did exist, but yeah, you know, they're going to leave. And when she just she gives them good night and says like thank you. Oh, is it um, is it thank you for choosing me to be your mom? Yeah, it's just like oh Jesus, Christ. real which, good stuff. Which last week did a great job of setting up. She's lost everything she's ever fucking cared about, so this is a big deal now that she has finally gone. Yeah, I'm the I am the bad guy in this scenario, and is yeah. saying goodbye to everything. And like our Monica says at the end, they'll never know what you sacrificed. Doesn't take away from the fact Wanda was ultimately the villain of this series. Well, yeah, there is that. She wasn't the antagonist, but she was the villain. And I think that's that's a kind of a slight problem I have with it. In in. That she's, she, I know she's lost a lot, but she's kind of got away with it. Yeah, you kind of need you. You kind of need her to be, if not taken into custody at the end. Yeah, a confirmation that she is at least like she is now America's most wanted or something like. We are yeah, gonna, just we are going to track her down. I and I, I I get it because they're not really focusing on that, and hopefully they'll pick up on this when we next pick up with Wanda. But it just feels like she's kind of gotten off scot free. I mean, maybe she's got the how... mental trauma and stuff of like that, but like she, mm. it feels oh, like there still, be more still... consequences it... for what she's done. If she's a superhero, like she should probably hand herself over. Yeah, to to make up for it. Um, but no, but may- gonna... maybe that's maybe that is the springboard for multiverse. Maybe the springboard is like it begins yeah. with news reports of the citizens of Westview one year on and they're giving their point of view and like, it was like, it's horrible. Like what she should be brought to jail. And it's like, Oh shit, this thing happened. I guess we need to look into this and strangers got to talk her down or something. I don't know. Maybe. Um, I, Cause it was sort of framed as, you know, she gets it. She finally gets a break now. Yeah. 
Like, she gets a break. It's like, should she? Should she? Because that was another thing this episode did really well, when Agatha sort of released Wanda's, uh, like, mesmerism over everyone. Yeah. And you realise that not only are they all capable of not of getting over their fear of her and showing how angry they are. Not only are they capable of doing that the moment they have the chance to en masse talk to her, mm. but there are characters not being used. There's a woman whose child is upstairs in the house and hasn't been a character. So they're just, what, in stasis? Like the people on the edge of town who don't move because they're not needed? Yeah, begs the question, doesn't when, it? When they all sleep, they have Wanda's nightmares. Like, what the fuck? That was heartbreaking. It was really upsetting to watch. Um, as it should be. It shouldn't be seen as a... Yeah, no, fine totally. now. It's like, no, Wanda's the villain here. Yeah. She was the villain the whole time. Um, but at the same time, if you've got to give us an antagonist... As formulaic as that may be, you know, oh, it's another version of the hero and they have a fight. As formulaic as it may be, it gave us Catherine Hahn. And she, she has look, been great in look, this, yeah. I can kind of look past the, the Ironmonger abomination, you know, of all of this because it meant we got that performance. Yeah. And I'm like, God damn it. God, because that, that was my, my hang up with this was, you know, oh, it's... It, it it it's a pew pew, um, yeah. But it's a magic pew pew, which means it shouldn't just be about pew pew. And they try to make it a little more interesting than that with the runes twist. Yeah, I thought that was kind neat, of a nice moment. It, it, you could, as soon as she starts doing it, Shooting you know exactly her. what yeah. she's doing. Um. Oh, oh, oh. oh, sorry, I'm just drinking some but, of the Fanta. Good. What the Fanta? That's definitely not sponsoring this episode. Good. Um, but it, it becomes one of those things where it's like, this is the, I, see, I get annoyed when people like criticize because, oh, you could, there was no, there was no surprise to it when, when she revealed it, we already knew what she was doing. But see, it's not that the audience doesn't know what she's doing. It's that the characters don't know what she's doing. There's a thing called dramatic irony, um, <laughs> that people don't seem to understand. Um, but yeah, I thought that was a really neat sort of way of resolving it. Um, but it's just a kind of neat twist on the old pew-pew. Um, on the old pew-pew, boys yeah, and girls. Yeah, so it was... Uh, that was the only real disappointment I had with it, I think, is that it descends a bit of a pew-pew at the end, but it was a de- decent-looking pew-pew. Um, it's, and then uh, they gave us an alternative with uh, Vision and White Vision. The Vision pew-pew. Like... So, Which I don't unique... think was as good. That was a bit... Mm. Oh, yeah, well, the, well, the fight was like... The, it was definitely a unique utilisation of Vision's power set. Yeah, the stuff with the, them the, the, fading in and out of each other, other and stuff. That was neat. But then it had just become... Oh, we're just pew-pewing from each other's foreheads at each other. I was like... That was dumb. Right. Which yeah, is why I was wasn't... so happy... F- which is why I was so happy for the library sequence. And the fact yes, that that was how their that fight was, ended. That was quite good, I thought. The fight, the um, fight ends with a discussion... A philosophical yeah. discussion. That's very about vain. like, yeah. Like, what's your directive? I'm here to kill. I'm here to kill the vision, right? But are you not the vision? Am I even the vision? It's the fact that it sort of stops and it goes. I require more. Was it? I require more clarification. Yeah. And vision's like, all right, and it brings up the ship of Theseus, and 
hey, never let it be said that like superhero movies are dumbed down entertainment because a lot of the world this week, if they didn't already know about the ship of Theseus, started learning about the ship of Theseus. Yeah. That's kind of cool. That's a that's a cool little tidbit. It's like everyone learned some shit this week. Um because they were all watching the Pew Pew superhero show. Um I mean, but yeah, again, it's, it's for, for British viewers who may be a little bit confused, uh, it's 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 triggers broom. Um, so, like, and again, that whole concept was amazing. And then he kind of the white vision sort of clicks to the idea that, yeah, like, I, I only know what I know because they've allowed me to because Haywood yeah. sort of allowed me to know that. So vision, not real, but not real. But our vision is like, if I may. And he sort of shorts it out. So the vision, the all, vision. All, the merch, all the merchandise have differentiated them as vision is the character we followed throughout the series. And the vision is the, the, the rebuilt um, body of I the original d- I, character. I dig that white vision. I do dig it. I, I, you d- dig on it. Dig it's on a it. strong look. Um, and yeah, he, he remembers everything up to the point of being destroyed. And flies away. Mm. And I don't mind that open-ended resolution because it means that it still works thematically with this episode with the whole, we've said goodbye before, so it stands to reason we'll say hello again. Yeah. Like, it's the show going, there's a way. There's a way that they might be able to meet. But it's also the fact that we know that vision of, of, of the Hex isn't just like, it's sort of a mix of Wanda's potential, Wanda's power, and also the Mind Stone. Like, because part of it is in her. Yeah. And it's it's sort of distinct because when she creates him, at the end of the, the flashback in episode eight, he's yellow. It's it's a yellow energy. It's not her usual kind of red um, power set. So it's like, oh, that's kind of all right. It's a neat little, oh, okay, neat that's little twist. Neat. Yeah. And it proves... Um, proves uh bruce's hypothesis from infinity war the whole like visions you know it's not just the he's not just the mind stone he's he's he he's you he's ultron he's me he's tony <laughs> like he's all these different things so maybe there is a way for him to live beyond this and now now it has been proved that yeah he can yeah. like part of him is in wonder and and the physical body is now out there and aware of of its past life I think it leaves it um, in an interesting place with regards yeah. to where where it can go from here. Um, Their goodbye is wonderful. Yeah, it's really sweet. And beautifully played. And, and the fact that she finally faces her truth, at least in terms of her personal struggle, by yes. just saying, like, who, like, just telling him what he is. Yeah. She just goes into it. And it's like, it's her acknowledging you're not him because... You can't be, because he's gone. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, I love you, and I don't want to say goodbye. And it's like, oh, shit. Um, and the fact that it's the sitcom trope, as the hex is closing in, she turns out the light, and that's usually sort of this, the old sitcom trope for the sentimental episode, like, you know, whatever, t- t- turns the lights out, and it fades to the credits. And he turns the lamp back on, he's like, I just, I just want to see you. One last time. All that is played so well by Bethany and Olsen. It's yeah. it's lovely. Um, Monica gets shortchanged here. 
Yes. Um, yes. But I think I think that may feel less so on a binge watch. Yeah, maybe. I think when I think view, I think viewing it as a whole, the Monica, Jimmy, and Darcy story will be the B plot in service of moving the A plot along. Yeah. Whereas episodic TV, it was sort of like, oh, they don't get a wrap up. Now, obviously, Monica gets a bit of a tag. Um, Jimmy didn't have an arc per se, but like as part of that team, you kind of want them to get sort of a sure. And it's not like they all, they all don't get a moment. That each all three of them get a moment in the last story where they get to partake in like the, you know, the day is saved. Like <laughs> Monica protects the kids from Haywood, who is willing to shoot two children to death. <laughs> so yeah, Haywood was also uh, a villain of this piece. Yeah. Um. Uh. So you got that. So Monica's like kind of her sort of heroic stand moment is there. Um. Jimmy gets authorities in from elsewhere to help him out by using fucking sleight of hand and escapology. Love it. To nick a phone, get out of his handcuffs, and call help. Um. Really wanted to. What, what, what is he says? He says, "Flourish." Yeah. <laughs> It's like love they're, it. They're straight up fucking paying off just a a, a little gag from Ant Man and the Wasp and turning it into a no. This, this ends up being summit. So there you go, everyone. Um, and then and then Darcy, in her only moment in the whole episode, but like still in terms of the service of the characters getting a hey to kick off on, is the one who stops Hayward escaping by ramming into him with the the truck. Yeah, um, a whole four words. From Cat Dennings this episode. Well, I, I watched uh, earlier today. I watched uh, the latest Fat Man Beyond, where they uh, they had Matt Shackman on as as a guest, who is oh, yeah. the direct the director of all nine episodes, and uh, they uh, uh, Mark Bernard and, and Kevin Smith and and some of the viewers asked questions about like right, so just just out of curiosity, like you know, and uh, uh, is it J J C the the sort of the uh, moderator for it all said like you don't have to answer these if you don't want but these are the most frequently asked questions i just want to put them out there uh, matt shackman bless him answers them all um hey. and one of them was like so uh, the, those little moments in the town square like there's a bit where uh wonder and monica are talking just before wonder flies away where kevin said he noticed just in terms of the shot compositions it was minor differences he says, was that part of the reshoots? And Matt Shackman says, yeah, quite a lot of the stuff in the square um, outside of the big action beats was stuff that we had to pick up um, after lockdowns in LA last year. Because the, okay. the show was not complete as of last um, March, April. They were still shooting it. Yeah. And they came, they came back later last year to finish some scenes. Uh, they dropped an entire sequence in this episode... Where, okay. Um, where uh, Evan Peters and Tiana Paris and the two kids would go to Agatha's lair to try and get hold of the Dark Hold because they know that it was important and they tried to steal it, and they'd be attacked by a uh, Senor Scratchy, who would turn into a giant like were- werewolf rabbit beast thing and chase them through the basement. Brilliant. And they shot they shot all the scenes they needed for that. And then just they decided to drop it for pacing, so the effects work was never it was never put into post production. Oh, um, that's a shame. Which is a shame because it's like 
that sounds like a really fun fucking idea. Um, like the chase around a magic basement by this giant werewolf rabbit beast. Like, sure. Um, but so there was a few things that were shot out of sequence and uh, he suggests, he doesn't outright say, but he suggested that Kat Denning's uh, availability was something they couldn't make work. That's for the shame. reshoots. So it's possible that they hadn't shot what they needed of Darcy and then they just couldn't get her after lockdowns had started and and whatnot. So, yeah, so that, I, I mean, I get it. And the throwaway joke is sort of like, oh, yeah, but you kind of then hoped for at least a, a, a scene at the end of maybe some of the characters talking. But yeah, in in the moment, I was like, yeah, sure, Darcy, get the fuck out of there. She's like, oh, I can't be asked with this. I, I've been... I've been, I've been brainwashed and, and and turned into part of a sitcom playset. I don't need this shit. I'm going home. But <laughs> yeah, it would have been it would have been nice for a button, or at the very least, a confirmation to us, the viewers, that oh, these characters will be back in something else. We'll let you know for sure, because um, we know that Monica Rambeau's back, and we even got a a, a tag. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we did. So she's she's brought into the cinema. Um. Which uh, she, what do you call it? She she's uh, brought in by a, a, one of the FBI agents, who who show up on Jimmy's behalf to like uh, deal with it all. Mm-hmm. And and they're like, it's a scroll, it's a fucking scroll. And they're like, uh, yeah, a friend of your mother's wants to talk. It's like, well, where is he? And the scroll points up. And it's like, are we finally gonna gonna get an answer as to what the hell's happening in the Far From Home post credits? Yeah. Are we here? Is this where we are now? Is that going to okay. be leading into Captain Marvel 2? Is that going to be leading into Secret Invasion? Like, what are we... What are we doing mm-hmm. here? So intriguing. That- yeah. I, I, it's... It's it's, le- it's leaving some interesting uh, hooks to pick up. As, you know, as these... As the, all these MCU stuff has done. Like, that's the strength of its long-form storytelling. Um, the Wanda I mean, post-credits the- with... Her reading the dark hold is clearly going to be leading into multiverse because um, it's like is she astral projecting? Because because we is. saw strange we saw strange do that like he was asleep but his mind was astral projecting and still studying. So it's like is she is she that powerful that she's studying in an astral form whilst also walking around this cabin just drinking cocoa and well, taking apparently in the view? She is more powerful than the Sorcerer Supreme. That's true. Um, well, although I, and then, I read that, and then as, we get yeah. the weird echo of her kids calling for help. Yeah, and it's like, huh? What the fuck? I I huh? would not be surprised if Multiverse of Madness is like the Darkhold getting its hooks into Wanda and trying to corrupt her. Because we know that it can do some shit. We we've it has it's done some shit in Agents of Shield and Runaways. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's a powerful ass book that can do some horrible ass shit. I mean, Agatha had hold of it and was doing some pretty scary shit with it. So. Although it, it, it's kind of implied that <laughs> Agatha was a shit biscuit before that. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh no, absolutely. Um, the Age of Ultron style uh, hallucination sequence from Wanda. Oh yeah, yeah that she was can really do that. Neat. That's the thing she does. It's nice that to see really that neat. again. Uh, complete with the little like the fast forward running and stuff and everything and all that. But Which then I the f- fact that Agatha turned the vision on its head, like turned the hallucination into her to, to her benefit. Yeah. During it was creepy. Yeah. Um, again, giving us probably the closest we're ever going to get to Marvel zombies in a live action movie. It's some zombie <laughs> witches. I'm like, sure, okay, I'll hey, take we'll, it. We'll get it. We'll get it in uh, what if? Don't worry. I know it'll be animated, but we'll get it. 
still a still scary looking zombie cap. Um, let's should we talk about the uh, the boner in the room? Uh, wonderful reveal that. Oh, it's I Ralph. Fucking loved it. I loved yeah. it, and it's the fact that it's a headshot. Like it's a headshot confirming that he's an actor called Ralph Boner. <laughs> so so. And and she he's, he's got that he's, it turns out his little shitty little necklace he's been wearing is like the control point yeah that um that Agatha's been using to control him so he's not just been conjured out of thin air he is a human person that Agatha has been puppeteering which explains why he's really invasive with some of his comments in the Halloween episode yeah because Agatha's giving him lines like she's yeah. telling him what to say essentially but also the implication that. He probably wasn't there from the beginning. Like, or he was, and she was just waiting for, like, she was like, I've got a backup here. I've got someone I'm going to use. Or maybe he was, like, someone in the town that Wanda didn't have use for. Yeah, I think that's all it was. But he was an actor called Ralph Boner. (laughs) Yeah. So the recasting joke is doubly funny, because it's like, oh, no, shit, they literally cast a different actor to play Pietro. I thought it was a neat little twist, yeah. I liked it a lot. Yeah. The, the director said in that Q and A as well that like that people were saying, did you not think that would annoy people? And he went, we never went in with the intention of it annoying people, but we wanted to. That casting was deliberate to play with everyone's expectations. Yeah. Um, and he said it was weird because it leaked last year, uh, the year before rather, that uh, Evan Peters was involved in the production in some way, and everyone just forgot. <laughs> But everyone forgot, because as time got nearer, everyone started to sponsor this footage was coming out. Everyone started to speculate about um, Agnes. And then during the series, that's what everyone was talking about. Everyone was theorising about Agatha Harkness, Agnes, here's the clues. And then we dropped Pietro or Pietro on them. And everyone shut up about that for a little bit, because they were suddenly like, wait, what? What's happening? It's the guy who played him in the Fox movies. What's going on? <laughs> so that when the Agatha reveal happened, even if people were like, oh yeah, we were expecting that, they weren't disappointed because they'd already still had a thing that made him go, yep. what the hell? So that cycle of the world knows he's involved in the show, but they have no idea about Catherine Hahn, and then everyone starts speculating about Catherine Hahn, having forgotten the previous thing, which then makes them forget <laughs> about the Catherine Hahn speculation. It's like, what a wonderfully fortuitous bit of um Yeah, of you can't plan shit like that. And it's it really worked out for him. It's, it's the great. Mandarin. And his response to fans who were irked by it as well was, here's the thing. We got to work with a brilliant comedic talent in that role. Evan Peters is fantastic at comedy. He was brilliant. He got you all hooked for several reasons, some meta reasons, some within the show. But you don't lose him as Quicksilver because those films still exist. You can always yeah. go back and watch them. Uh, and also, you know, so we also gave you a little bit of more of him as Quicksilver by doing this, in a way. Like, you got a little bit more of him in that role, kind of. Mm-hmm. But also, you know The Mutants, unquote, is coming at some point. Oh, yeah. announced. And, you know, like, th- these things are still... You know there's a Fantastic Four movie. Yeah. Chances are Mephisto will probably be in something at some point. Yeah. Like... We didn't stop any of these things happening. It just wasn't now. And it's yeah. like, yeah, sure. <laughs> like, you've got a perfectly good... That is a wonderfully um, 
eloquent and polite way of saying, your bitches set it up in your own head. Shut up. You know what? If a fifth soul doesn't pop up in something, that's also fine. That's also fine too. That's, that's also exactly, fine. Exactly. Um, I think it's great. It, it, it was because he, 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 he mentioned the Mandarin as well. Yeah. He said like, think of the Mandarin. I like uh, that is, and I, I agree. I think you and I agree on this. Was all like that's one of the best things about Iron Man three. Like the, the stones on yeah, it going. It's wonderful. That here it's we go. Such a great moment. And again, in that package of this is this is everything. This film from the start to the end. This is what we're giving to you. Yeah, it works phenomenally for that story. It's brilliant. Um, but as he pointed out, you you're getting the Mandarin in Shang Chi. Yeah, it's like. If you if you're annoyed that you didn't get the thing you wanted based on speculation, don't worry about it because chances are we're gonna do it <laughs> at some point. Yeah, it's gonna happen at some point. The like, longer the longer this franchise keeps going, the more you know the more obscure they're gonna get. And to, considering that they were pretty obscure to start with because they didn't have the licenses for everything when they started yeah. out this um this ride. Um, I mean. You told you tell anyone twenty years ago that there was going to be a Guardians of the Galaxy movie and it would be wildly successful and get a sequel that was going to be even more successful. And then they would be involved in the and then they would be involved in the biggest superhero movie of all time, like as as like one of the many cherries on that cake, and people would be delighted that they're in it. Like people would (laughs) like someone would be like, "Who, Um, (laughs) guys?" Hi, hi, 2008. How are you doing? Uh, I've just popped in from 2021. A uh, couple <laughs> things. One, start wearing masks now. Yeah. Um, two, uh, invest in something called Zoom. Three, did you know <laughs> that Groot is going to be a fucking household name at some point? Mm-hmm. Rocket people, Raccoon people is going to be what? a household name. <laughs> People are gonna, guys. You you have no fuck. People are gonna know who Negasonic Teenage Warhead is in the future. That's who they they're gonna. I know. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Oh, while I'm here, <laughs> like while I'm here, you'll never have to explain pin particles to anyone ever again. <laughs> and you know those Fantastic Four movies that weren't that great. Yeah. Where I'm from, people can't fucking wait to see the next version of Fantastic <laughs> Four. And are legit excited for when it's going to happen. Also, none of them are Mephisto. Don't get worked up about it. No. See you no later. One is <laughs> yeah. And it's nice because it's made you realize all the little Easter eggs that were in one division, of course. Like, we're just, they were just little Easter eggs. Yeah, uh, cause what, what's what's little, her name? Bo- Bo- what bovine lady who raised Wanda and Pietro's babies, the, the cow. Lady Bovi thingy, whatever. Oh, I, uh, I can't remember. Bovinia or something like she. She is a poster in one of the tile yeah. sequences. Just an Easter egg. Just a cool little Easter just egg. A little Gr- link. Grim Reaper's helmet in in the transitions from the upstairs to the downstairs. Just a little Easter egg. Just a little nod. Just a little. Hey, there you go. We know you know we know you know the significance of this character and their history and this that, and the other. He's not going to be in it, but hey. We're going to stuff some stuff in the floorboards for comedy. You see that all the time. Let's put Grim Reaper's helmet. There you yeah, go. Hope it'll you be enjoy a laugh. It. Yeah. Um, I saw a lot of speculation this week that what if Ralph isn't the actor's name and his real name is uh, Simon Williams? And I'm like, he'll have a job because 
he does exist in the MCU. Yes. In deleted scenes. I mean, but he does can, exist. Yeah. And he's played by Nathan Fillion, who yeah. I would rather watch as Wonder Man, if I'm honest. Yeah. If they were to do Wonder Man, which let's face it, they won't. But if they did, and, and I would argue they probably shouldn't. No. Uh, they should do Simon Williams. That's his name, isn't it? Simon Williams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They should do Simon what they should do him. Like show him being played by a cameo in a film in one of the films. Um I mean fuck it. You know, have have him playing a superhero called Wonder Man in a film in one of the films. <laughs> there you go. That's all you need. It's like there's a reference to Wonder Man. Moving on. Moving on. Don't need to tell that story, but isn't it cute that we put an Easter egg in there? Yeah, anyway, we really don't need to tell any stories on. about Wonder Man. He's not exactly the best Avengers character. No. When do you think we're going to get Hercules? Uh, they're going to have a hard time copywriting him, so I don't know. Heracles? <laughs> well, they'll have to do Marvel's Hercules, but then headlining a movie with the name of a character that you can't copyright might not be great for him. You know what I mean? Well, they'd have to call it something else, wouldn't they? Or, or, or make it part of a team movie. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's the, uh, that. I, uh, I would imagine that's one of the things stopping them. I mean, there's many things stopping them. One being fucking Hercules. Like, as much as I love Herc, and I do love Marvel's Herc. Can they put him in another one of the films as a supporting character? Yeah, probably. Because I remember, I remember seeing a casting suggestion online that actually made me go, no, well, maybe, where someone said Jack Black. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't hate that. I don't hate that at all. That's really fucking fitting, especially if he is more of a, like, you know, uh, uh, a Stallone-style cameo. Yeah. In, like like in Guardians 2, like all the all the OG Guardians make cameos in that movie. Like, if it was that kind of role, and he's in, like, a set piece in, in one of the stories that's, like, out in space mm. or in another dimension, and he's, he's an adventurer, and, the, you know, someone has to go with someone has to go with him to, like, get some information about someone so they can get to the next thing. That'd be a real fucking cool cameo and a yeah, lot of I fun. Yeah, I'd go for that. Um, Taika, you're not finished filming yet. Uh, do you mind writing Hercules in as played by Jack Black in one scene in Love and Thunder? Thanks. Did you see the set photos that leaked this week? No. For Love and Thunder. Uh, they're filming some stuff outside uh, by the coast with some green screen and wires uh, with Natalie Portman as uh, uh, Jane Foster. Okay. Uh, and she's sort of, she's in her civvies and she's like sort of floating. Um, oh, so okay. we're going to go into that. But the most notable thing about this is her arms are fucking huge. <laughs> like Natalie Portman, basically, since that Comic-Con announcement two years ago, has obviously just him. been sitting there like, lunchtime, great. Sandwich full of just raw, raw, uh, not chicken. raw, sandwich full of white chicken yeah. in one hand and a dumbbell the size of a brick shithouse in the other. Just, just chicken. Weightlifting the whole time. Like, she still looks like petite Natalie Portman. But, like, her arms and her shoulders, it's like, fuck. She is ready to play Thor. Love Here it. we fucking go. Love it. I love it almost as much as I love Fanta. What the Fanta? The sponsor of today's... <laughs> fucking hell. Chris? Oh, Jesus. Oh. Hmm? Take us home and tell the good people what they can do if they want to get in touch with us. Well... If you go to fantawhatthefanta.com and type in the discount code 
<laughs> Big damn yum. Um, uh, if you want to hit us up throughout the week, you can do jolly well that. You can tweet you us can in the short it. form at Big Damn Cast. You can also email us in the long form, bigdamncontact at gmail.com. On Friday nights from 7.30, there's a streaming double bill kicking off with Big Damn Stream with the beautiful Matthew Wahoutson, whose voice sounds like this. Hello. That's twitch.tv slash big damn stream. As well as that, if you want to support the show in any way, throw us a few shekels, help keep the lights on, keep the show stored, get yourself access to the Discord server and other perks, go to patreon.com slash big damn cast. Uh, and if you look into our past a little too deeply, you'll find out we're both just actors called Ralph Boner. Holy shit, she's got big arms. I know, right? I know, right? She looks like she could actually sort of at, le at least give Hemsworth sort of a bit of a difficult time in an arm wrestle. At the very least. Because I don't know if you've seen footage of him for this one, but even though his Thor's like a bit paunchy in a couple of the behind the scenes shots that have come out, his arms look bigger and more sculpted than ever before. Oh, probably. It's insane. I, I am beyond curious. Um, where were we? Oh yeah, see you next week. Bye, bye. everyone. Oh, bye.